Welcome to Cockpot UX, episode 3. Today we're joining with Tanya, Hariklia, and myself, Iris. So, how's your day, guys? Not as good as you, apparently. Um, so, Iris woke up and ran a 10k, so, and she just <laughs> dropped it casually. In the UK, it's currently half 12, and I think I woke up about half 7, but I haven't achieved half as much as you today. <laughs> How about Hariklia? I think the most productive thing I have done today is just to prepare some stuff for our Instagram, Akaba UX. Uh, oh. We're trying to be organized and keep up with time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that that's the most interesting, I think, part of our day. And of course, now we are recording our podcast, which is I'm really excited about. <laughs> I'd say that's a productive start to the day. Um, if anyone isn't following our social media accounts, uh, we are currently live on Instagram and Twitter at the at sign Copy UX Podcast. Um, do give us a follow because we spend a lot of time creating the content, and it'd be lovely for people to um get on board with it. Um, also, share our opinions about our podcast or what like what else you would like to see from us. And then if yes, please. You like to share. We are happy to hear from you guys. We need your feedback, <laughs> or you can let us know if you want us to talk about something, some topic you want to listen to. Yeah, we've got a, we've got a list of some pretty exciting um, subject matters to discuss. Um, but obviously, we'd love to hear from you guys and you know our listeners and find out what you want to hear about. Also, for me today, I think I kind of. Not depressed, but a little bit sad because uh, the initial plan was to be in UK at the moment uh, because it's gonna be it's gonna be our graduation event. We're gonna get our degrees done, but unfortunately, due to the pandemic, this just postponed. And yeah, Aww. and hopefully we can get that in April. Let's let's say that's the update we got from university. But I didn't yeah. even realize that was meant to be today. Yeah, me either. I feel so emotional when you're talking about this. It's like, oh, I miss you guys a lot. I miss everything in the UK a lot. <laughs> I, I would say the same, but I don't miss it. I'd rather be somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's sad. Um, yeah, so our new graduation is supposed to be in, I think it's April now, isn't it? If, mm. if everything runs smoothly. With, but that sucks for you because I think you have to get another visa or something, right? I think we don't need to. We have Schengen visa. Is that Schengen visa for the UK as well, or because you leave EU? So I don't know. Oh, still... okay. So that's what's think... in your favour. <laughs> visa yeah, is not the problem. It's going to be the same after Brexit, and also from yeah. yeah, if you I want suppose. to visit another Europe country, you can. Like you have ninety days. Okay, that's good. At least, at least you can both come back for that then. That's yeah. so far away and so expensive for me. Literally. It's crazy to think, right? So this time last year, we were going on like our Christmas breaks for oh, our yeah. master's degree. How mad is that? that? Like a year's gone by so quickly. And I think it's gone quicker this year because of everything that's happened. Yeah, exactly. But did, wow. you, did either of you go home for the holidays last year? Or I know I, I did. Didn't. You went, you yeah, went to I Europe, didn't. right? You just did a bit of traveling. In Paris. Very nice. <laughs> uh, me, me, I was back for Christmas, and I remember like being so excited because, like, you know, the first month was just like an adjustment and see how everything's going. And as well, I was really looking forward for the new year and everything was going to happen because now I feel kind of more confident uh, being there. I have already met you guys, so I just like everything was kind of smoother and just started to take to put in place. And I remember being so excited about going back 
after Christmas, but unfortunately, uh, I don't <laughs> think anyone has expected like this ending. I think even in the most pessimistic people, I don't think it is. Does anyone expect that? I don't think so. Yeah, I remember <laughs> the day, the New Year's Eve. I was watching the London Eye fireworks, and like I still remember, like we are so excited about New Year 2020. People are so happy to, you know, it's a new start, it's the new of everything, and yeah, no one expected that. How miserable this year will be. <laughs> it's taken quite a. A quick and dark turn, I think. But I, I don't know. I, to be honest, I've had a really good year, so I can't complain. Aww, <laughs> it's been quite positive. But um, that was your both of your first time living outside of your home countries, right? Like moving to the UK and studying here. Yeah, yeah it's actually also the first time in Europe. So everything was just so new to me. Like I was just so excited. How did you find um? The transition between being in Asia compared to being in Europe, or、oh, well, specifically the UK.、Um, in the beginning, I'm just start to exploring like the differences between us, like between British people and the people I knew before. Um, sometimes I feel I'm not really belongs to here. I don't know, maybe because because of my race, especially after the pandemic happened. You know, that's a really interesting topic to.、Um, Touch upon because I know you and Michelle experienced quite a lot of it was, it was essentially racism、um, because、yeah. of everything that happened with COVID and、um, yeah, tell us about that. How 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 was that experience compared to before the pandemic? Oh yeah, so、um, during the lockdown, I think in April this year, because the weather was so nice during the whole April, so I just wanted to go out because it just too upset to stay inside the whole week because like we can't go to school, we can't meet people. So I just tried to jogging around on campus every day, just walk around and explore some new corners on campus. And I think because people were working from home during that period, so like the residents in Loughborough, they will come to our campus and just also exercising. So I met a few. I think they are old residents in Loughborough, and they just shouted to me like coronavirus or. Go away, or like two meters away from me, or something. They just shouted to me. That's disgusting. Really? I'm sorry、aggressive. you had to go through that. Yeah. I know. I was just shocked. Like, this is my campus. Why are you talking about that? I didn't say anything. I just ignored them. But yeah, but I feel like I suffered a bit PTSD after that. Like, I feel scared when I I I just walk around in, on campus. I just feel. I just wear a cap and I make it really like cover my face. And when I see people in front of me, especially white, I would just turn around or just try to walk go another way. I just don't want to meet people. I just a bit scared that it will happen again. It's really weird because I know racist is a thing, but I never experienced that before. Especially because I'm always in Taiwan, so we are all the same. We are all in the same race. But yeah, still, I think I still learn something from it. Like I can put more empathy on people with different race. I can know how they feel if we just differentiate them and us. I feel that's quite important because if you never experience that, you will never really like understand how it feels. Damn, that's that's a horrible <laughs> experience for someone to go through, and、um, that's your first time living abroad, and obviously, but that that's a very sh- shit thing for anyone to go through. So I'm sorry that you experienced that. <laughs> 
But I feel really lucky that I meet all the people in our class are really nice to me. So I still feel it's a really good experience throughout the year, even though that thing happened. Yeah. No, I, th- I think, um, especially from the kind of st- the variety of the students on campus and things like that, and perhaps it's even like a generational thing, like our age, we're made a bit more aware of other cultures and like mm. how to approach things. So um, perhaps that's that's why it happened less on actual campus. Like, I, know, I know your experience happened on campus, but it wasn't the actual students. Mm. Yeah. At, at least you found some sort of comfort actually being in our building and being around other students and knowing that that racism isn't going to come from that. Mm. I feel like it's it's been ages, actually. I remember back in, uh, I think it was in even in January, and I can probably find the message, but I've got a WhatsApp group with uh, two of my other friends. And one of them was like, oh, has anybody seen had an outbreak in China? Uh-huh. And um, our kind of immediate response was, oh, well, we don't need to worry about it yet. Like, it's, it's not going <laughs> to, obviously, it's terrible what's happening, but um, it doesn't directly impact us yet. And that took a turn real quick. I literally went from January to March. Mm. And um, I remember there was like the first case. I can't even remember where it was. It was maybe France or somewhere a lot closer to the UK. And then obviously people started panicking a bit more. And um, so we were just about to break up for the Easter holidays. So we ended up going out on the weekend before we all went home. Uh, So it was Bianca, my housemate's birthday. And I remember we went out. We had a really good time. And then the next morning, we were all kind of saying goodbye to each other, I guess. And we're just like, we'll see you in three, four weeks oh. um, whenever people decide to come back. And then I remember I drove to Molly's uh, apartment. Obviously, she's from the US. Um, and I remember just saying goodbye to her. And it was just like, oh, I'll see you soon type thing. And then that was it. That was the last time I, I saw know. half of those people. And I still haven't Crazy. seen them since. Um, so, yeah, it was just kind of, uh, it took a real quick turn I guess and uh, I don't think anyone was prepared for that yeah I remember my last meeting for industry project like face-to-face meeting in LDS and after that meeting I remember I was joking with Tom that oh this is probably the last time we see each other this year or something (laughs) and we just say oh see you tomorrow at 2 p.m another meeting and then at that night the government just announced we, we're not allowed to go to school anymore. And then we end up never see each other again this year, obviously. So, Must have been just before we had our service design project, yeah. which is a, the project that we all met on. Um, but Jolie messaged me because um, I was on industry projects with her. And oh, yeah. uh, she, she messaged me just to ask um, if I could, because I had a car with me at uni. She asked if, number one, if I wanted to take uh, her like external monitor um, and then also she wanted to deliver some boxes to the courier. Uh, so she asked, and I remember thinking, um, I think I even said to her, I was just like, you know, why are you sending all your stuff back? Like, that's a bit, you know, you'll be fine. You'll come back in about probably a month. <laughs> like, this lockdown's only going to last three, four weeks. And she was right, because she literally just shipped everything back to Singapore. She's the only one who made She was prepared. Right like, decision, yeah. Yeah, because um, no one else did that. I mean, I had to ship Molly's boxes back to the US for her because um, I was like, there's no point you flying back and you might get stuck here. And obviously, mm. it's going to cost a lot in flights. So it makes sense to just invest that into shipping your stuff over. But it was crazy. It was like she, she was just prepared for it, though. She was like, I'm going back home. Mm. And this is it. And I remember saying goodbye to her and she like, gave me a big hug. And she was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. But it, literally, it didn't happen. It was crazy. But 
you both stayed in Loughborough during when the whole lockdown was announced, right? You didn't go back home. For me, I think the, the hardest time for me it was like this one two weeks before the government announced like uh, the lockdown. For me, that was one. Uh, that's, that's I remember like these two weeks was quite stressful for me because it was the moment like. Uh, all the Europe almost just getting into the first lockdown and everyone even the border was closing. Uh, I remember mm. like and I, I had to choose very quickly if I wanted to uh, to fly back um, to Cyprus. I remember I had to make the decision because I had booked for Easter, but it was I think it was one or two weeks after. Uh, but I had to choose if I wanted to live now and I kind of feel like I, I, I think I was afraid to get the, to get in the flight because may, maybe I can get the virus here and also I know my grandparents are quite ill in Cyprus and I didn't want to take that risk um, with uh, to take that risk and fly and I was just like I'll stay and see what's happening but I always remember I was being really shocked that that that's two weeks before the lockdown for me that's scary because it was also the um, the moment when we ran out, ran out of toilet paper in supermarket. Uh, uh, there's no. There, do you remember <laughs> yeah, that there's no meats or vegetables on the shelves? Yeah, no eggs, no flowers, no pasta. Nothing. That was crazy. I think for me that was the scariest and more anxious period I have in the UK yeah. before the lockdown. But I think after the lockdown, I kind of felt more secure. Like okay. By getting in control of this and just align with everything, also what's happening in Europe as well at that moment. They just were in, or in lockdown, uh, where do all the Zoom meetings, where do it was spread around social media. For me, that, that I remember like that's two weeks before the lockdown was kind of scary and anxious because of the unknown, mm-hmm. also what's going to happen. They're gonna still stay open and just wash your hands and say happy birthday. That's it. This is going to face the barriers. It was more like the the memes that came out of 2020 that I think have kept everybody's spirits high because some of them are absolutely quality. <laughs> like, and it's sad, really, because I, I know a lot of it's at the expense of uh, the British government and how we've handled things, but it was an absolute shit show. <laughs> it wasn't a good experience. Um, but yeah, Iris, were you ever planning to go home during that time? Like, did, did you have the same kind of anxiety for those two weeks? I think it was just a mess. Like, I feel really depressed because all my travel plans in Easter was cancelled. Um, and, you know, many friends were leaving and I don't even know if I can see them again. I literally just say goodbyes to people like every single day. Like, crazy. It's really sad. It's really upset. And every day I opened my eyes. The first thing is, oh, if I should go home or not. Um, it was really a dilemma kind of and the information was overwhelmed for everywhere and the conversation with my friends and family back home was exhausted as well like everyone just say come home just come home now that must have been a pretty stressful experience and especially when you've got to make such a quick decision yeah I also consider about you know the risk of traveling back home and also about my major project I think because I was trying to contact with some charities in Loughborough and I think it will be harder if I just fly back home because the time differences and I still hope like things can go back to normal soon so it's kind of why I stay. It, w- it was quite weird though wasn't it because I remember 
I remember thinking this is only going to be three, four weeks. And at that point, we hadn't actually gone into like a proper lockdown yet. I, th- I think we were just waiting to see what happens. Um, yeah. It literally must have been the, the week before everybody was planning to go home because I remember I went home a week earlier than I had planned. I didn't have any of that anxiety or anything because I had my car with me. I could, it would, could just get in and just drive. <laughs> so it wasn't too stressful. I feel like we, we all just thought it would happen for three to four weeks, mm. like max. And obviously it went on for, what, three months? <laughs> for, for me, yeah, it's really far away, like the cost of traveling and if I should move all my stuff back home or if... I cannot go back after a while and how how to deal with all my stuff in my room and just like all the uncertainty just crazy here's a question then if you knowing what you know now of how things like worked out would either of you have changed your minds and made that decision to go home I think we talked about this before with Hillary Clear right like for me I think we... I just before I answer your question I'll say I don't think no one believe apart from Jolie, was prepared for that. I don't think no one else believed that this <laughs> last so long. True. And I think because also, I, I think at that moment, China started to, to going back to normal and everything looks fine. I was just like, okay, just a phase is going to lock down and just suddenly we believe that the virus is gone. So I think that's why we, I personally choose that. I don't believe that's going to be so worse. Following on from what you said, I think information was out there. We knew how serious it was. And I, I knew personally people that I'd had it at that point. But maybe it was like a state of denial because none of us wanted to say goodbye to each other or accept that perhaps university isn't going to go back to the way it was. And it might have been like a defence mechanism in a way of just like, yeah, you know, it'll be fine. It's going to be over in a month. Um, I feel like from my perspective anyway, maybe that was an element of it. That's the one of the best decisions I made this year to stay in the UK. So yeah, you wouldn't I, have gone back knowing every, like knowing that you would have been stuck inside for three months and you wouldn't be able to see like your friends and family, you, you still would have stayed? It's a really rare opportunity for me to stay like legally <laughs> for <laughs> just only one year and it's only one year. It's only halfway. I think it will be harder for me to go back well if I get a job <laughs> that would be nice but for now it's that kind of hopeful mind that make me happy to stay like I still hope I can see people again I can I hope I can still experience something more and yeah I did see some people again and also Heraclea stayed so we had really such a great we'll time the back then to, uh... so <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we did so many things together. We went picnicking and we traveled to Nottingham. For, for me, I, also, I, didn't, I didn't regret like staying, back to your question, I didn't re- regret staying in, uh, during the lockdown. And I say to myself, I felt it was the right thing to do at that moment. I also felt in September to leave, to come back, because it's the beginning of the second wave. I think it just, I just left before things mm. started to get worse in the UK again. And I think just at that moment, it felt right to be back home. Uh, but this, the same thing, I also yeah. felt it was the right thing to do, to stay. And also kind of feel grateful, grateful in a way, because uh, for me, I just, I, I was living in the tunnel and I have like, an amazing view in my windows. And I was like, I don't want to live that just to be in my part. And also, I think just also the lockdown in Cyprus, like, way stricter than it was in the UK back then. Uh, 
well, these projects going on with the university. We have our major projects. We have another modules coming next. We didn't know if it's going to happen physical. It's going to happen online. I might be able to come back. I might, I might not. Uh, also, kind of think I can imagine doing all for the work, for example, for my major project from home. So, so though I remote, I work quite a lot remotely during that time. I also kind of feel lucky because I have someone also. I think it's also quite important. Um, Dion, if you hear on this, I really want to thank you for staying with me. <laughs> to we didn't spend quite a lot of time together, but I think just knowing, I think just knowing that someone close to you. Also, Iris and Michelle was like in quite distance. Um, yeah, I also feel really grateful that you guys were there. And I think that's also one of the um the reason why we have the barbecue group and why we end up have this and podcast. And funny thing, we have a right? we have a messenger group called Barbecue Night. We are planning to do a barbecue night, and guess what? We never did it. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think it, in a way the pandemic because I mean before our kind of a service design project, I'd never spoken to Horiklia before. And obviously during that project, we became like we became friends from that moment. And then it was because I came back to Loughborough during the pandemic and decided to be locked in there instead of uh, back in London. Um, we started spending more time together than like the four of us. During um, the first lockdown, <laughs> you went back, yeah, I you feel... went back home first. Yeah, so I went back at the end of March and then uh, I ended up going back to Loughborough, I think towards the end of June. So I was still home for a good three months, mm. and it was it was nice being home. Obviously, like I had my birthday in April as well, which usually I do like a big celebration for. But obviously, I didn't get to do that. It was <laughs> nice being home anyway, like especially when that kind of stuff's going on. Um, it's nice to be with your family. So I do genuinely, I'm like that's why I was wondering how your experience was because I feel that would have been quite scary being away from your family, especially at quite a distance. For me, uh, it works the other way around. I think during the first lockdown, I kind of feel more connected with people. I don't know why. So, so I didn't see them. I kind of feel, you know, I speak more with my friends. I do more video chat with my family. Uh, I don't know. It's, I think also it was the time I get really, really close with Iris. It was like during that period. So I don't know. I just felt like we are being apart. But I, I think just mentally I feel more connected at that moment of people. I don't know oh, if it's me. That's interesting. Uh, I kind of feel that's like really cute. Just be more connected. Actually, more connected. I'll just. How did you feel being so far away from your family during the pandemic? At the beginning of the pandemic, I was scared. Everything just too uncertain, and I don't know how to make the decision by myself without my families and friends around. Um, I think. I did miss home a lot during that period. I think after I made made the decision, I feel more settled. I feel like I can just calm down and sit, stay focused, and just don't want to waste any more day in the UK because it was like three months left. And also, I have you guys. <laughs> So I feel like yeah, I have companies there. I I'm not really alone. I feel a bit lonely sometimes when I was in my room during lock the lockdown. But now when I when I'm home, I somehow really miss the days in my own room in Lovra, even though it was lockdown. <laughs>
I just miss that kind of freedom, you know. I can just plan my day. I can just do anything I want. I kind of formed a routine that I really like during that period. Like just wake up in the, at the same time, and I just I make my brunch, and I start working on my report, and then I will go out to just jogging around on campus. And oh, it was so beautiful during that period. Like on campus, there are just flower blooming, and I think I just literally went through like. All the corners on campus during that period. I just explore a new place a day, and I just go further a little bit every single day. And yeah, I really enjoyed that time. And I can play music like loudly in my room. And I would play podcast when I was taking a shower. <laughs> you listen to a podcast in the shower. <laughs> Because it's what you're but you don't have it's like I mean, when you're showered, just like I mean, if it's a song, it's okay to me something, but it's a podcast, just it's a company. There's someone there with me. Yeah, but like I like it, and I miss. I mean, it's the unique. <laughs> oh, I don't thank think I've you. ever listened to a podcast in the shower. Usually, I like listen to a podcast if I'm walking or driving or. Even like when I'm working, I have it on in the background sometimes, but never in the shower. The shower is like when you sing, no, you like perform in the shower. I cannot really like focus on my work when I listen to any podcast. I just I can just only choose one, you know, either working on my project like with my whole heart or just listen to podcasts. But like yeah. when I am showering, I can just I don't need to do anything. Like I don't need to think. <laughs> so that's the time I make. You really you don't need to think. For me, I think it's just the time I think the most in the shower. Really. Yeah. You know、it's、what you're doing. It's just a force of habit, right? Yeah, it's just a natural response. <laughs> But still, it's a struggle. I mean, I'd be interested to know: Do any of our listeners、uh, listen to podcasts in the shower? <laughs>、um, drop us a DM if this is the case, so Iris doesn't feel as weird. Yeah, thank you. I think just、uh, I, I will agree、yeah. with Tanya. Like,、uh, where are you listening your podcast? I kind of prefer to like just like. For me, even if I'm having a breakfast or something, my lunch, I would like to hear it. I agree. At some point, the third, just it's it's have to be an activity that you don't need to pay so much attention. I don't think I will work and listen to podcasts as well. But、uh, yes, I listen to podcasts when I'm cooking, and when I'm working, I just kind of prefer a more chill,、uh, like lo-fi, like girl with a kind on YouTube. It's quite popular. <laughs> um, and also, yeah, there are so many great playlists on Spotify to listen when you want to focus. And I think I just discover and listen a lot of Spotify that year, especially during the pandemic. And and I think like when when recently、Same. the Spotify showed this the wrap up year of your year, and I think it just my number one song was the one I used when I was writing my reports. Uh, that's that I had to repeat. You have、uh, that's that's the song. Yeah, you have yeah. a specific song. Yeah, yeah. I, report, like,、right? I use I use it. I kind of played quite a lot because when I was writing. <laughs> Do you not have a song that you wrote your essays to? No, I don't really like to listen to one song. Like I'm with Harika all the way. Like my Spotify <laughs> playlist really represented what I wrote my essays to. Like it's interbloom、really? by Rufus Dussault. Every、and、single other, time I played that song, I was also, writing an essay. I, think, I kid you、what? not. What? Because it is—it's just like it's、oh, just music.、Bored. There's no lyrics. 
Yeah, but like you, you just don't pick a song with lyrics, right? And then, or, or yeah. sometimes maybe you do. My, mine was always just like deep house, and it would just be on in the background, and I could just type away to it, and I wouldn't get distracted. And and every time, like, I, d- I don't know, I just I think my mind started to associate that song with for like me studying. Also, my mind just yeah, wanna if you can build up that routine. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. Yeah. It brings you like a weird <laughs> sense of reassurance. Really, give it a try. Next time you're doing some work, um, like pick a song, no lyrics, um, some sort of like tempo that you can work to, and like, uh, preferably a long song as well. Even if my morning alarm, I don't like to set the same song because I will hate it. That's the point. alarm, so much, we need to set it to wake you know? up. I need to. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, something you like. It's just like oh, <laughs> nice to play. No, it needs to be annoying. Just that when I shut. You gotta like aggressively you? turn it off. <laughs> just yeah. get angry. In the morning, like the first thing. No, I need to be happy and relaxed. How do you feel like it was your experience after the pandemic? How how you personally experienced it? Given the situation um, and the fact that it's something fairly new to people, I think our tutors handled it quite well. Like the way that they suddenly had to deliver all the lectures, they didn't do it remotely. They used to record them and um, upload them on a Monday, which I never quite understood because if they were going to upload it, like at a given time, I mean, because there were people that would wake up, especially to go to these lectures. I think after a couple of weeks, we got the flow of it and realized <laughs> that they weren't live. Yeah. But I know I would wake up and like, I'd like go for a walk or I'd go somewhere or whatever and I'd come back for that lecture and I was like, why? If it's not live, then I don't need to be there. Mm. Um, but yeah, so they used to record uh, their lectures and deliver them with their PowerPoint slides. And we were able to obviously access them and review them at any point. Generally speaking, though, they were really good. They did have like weekly Q&As uh, so we could ask any questions about things that they've done. Um, I don't know about your experience with your tutors, but my tutors for my kind of modules at that time, any time I emailed any of them, I never had a problem getting a response. I'd usually get it in a couple of hours. Wow. Um, they were very kind of open to helping you. Um, I organized like some one-to-one sessions at some points as well uh, when I was a bit confused about stuff, even though it was a bit disappointing because I know we were supposed to do the video prototyping module with like Andre and stuff. And I was quite looking forward to doing that in like the Mac lab and, you know, that being an interactive session uh, in person. So I'm sad that we didn't get to do that part of our course at all. Even I, I don't feel like we did it at all, really. It was more no. a couple of lecture slides about it but we didn't really learn that stuff mm. and that's what I really wanted to learn Same. so but aside from that I feel like they handled it really well um I can't say like with the because I know people were arguing to try and get the fees reduced and stuff like that and I agree obviously the quality of teaching I wouldn't say the quality of teaching depreciated at all um obviously there was aspects of it that we missed out on and I think they should have refunded us like maybe 10% which is what someone suggested because that's how much contributes towards facilities and stuff which was obviously no longer in use Mm. um but the quality of the masters itself still holds value so I wasn't too mad that we didn't get like a crazy discount or anything we didn't get any discount in the end actually um but I wasn't too upset about it because I feel like they did still keep good standard there. I think it was quite important because I start, <laughs> uh, I really like this. I start using tools that I didn't use before. Uh, I really enjoy using Myra, for example, because I remember when I tried it before the lockdown, where we were able to meet with our teams and all together. It was really nice to have like physically posted on the wall. 
and kind of secret, but I think after now, I think I kind of prefer the mural because I think it's it's easier to come back and see what you're writing. But because it's nice to have in the world, but sometimes it's just so easy to, even if you take pictures that just by looking and just like what I would say to there, just so easy to edit and just even communicate it with others. It's very clear and never just see. And any other tools we will yeah. use during. And so I think also was good because all, we learned it with our tutors because also our tutors were learning at that moment. They were just a learning <laughs> process for all of us. And I think it is cool. We we learned some of the latest news about remote working with like I think just there is no better people to learn the tools but our tutors. So I think definitely. I have a debate to um get our audience involved here. Um, as obviously UX designers, what well, all three of us are you in the UX industry anyway? Do we prefer Mural or do we prefer Miro? Because I'm definitely Team Mural. <gasps> really. I'm definitely yeah, like team Myro because it's prettier. The interface. I agree. We are. I agree. We are the little shadow on the poster. I can't I don't like it. Shadow. It's just so, so cute. Oh, yes. I just love to use like icons. I don't know because the poster, it's it just with the shadow, you know, and the, the colors. They're just. But then, but then from like the usability perspective, like you have to literally like click down and drag it and all that like whereas murals just a bit more you just need like to get used to it <laughs> no but like that's the same with everything though right but I, yeah. I feel like Myro's like the samsung and like mural is the apple that's how genuinely how i feel about it i feel like mural is way more user friendly but maybe Myro is a bit more aesthetically pleasing really that's how i feel but <laughs> yeah i mean hurry to be honest i can work Myro nice mural. with the both of them but in general I think um, wait, but you have to pick so one. Confusing yes. with the name. Mural. Myra, the one Myra's the pink really one. Like Myra's the yellow yeah. one. Yeah. I can't get over that. See? We are designers. What? We use beautiful things. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'd be really interested to hear what Michelle thinks. And also, um, what, what do our audience think? Are you team Myra or, or are you team Mural? Oh, That's let's put the vote on our Instagram account. We will. We definitely will. Yes. When we release this episode, we'll put a poll out there because it would be really interesting to hear you guys' thoughts on it and, um, yeah, find out what you enjoy using. So back to um, Iris's answer. So I agree with what Ariklia mentions about, like, how we learned new methods and tools, especially. We kind of experienced that shift, like, from um, we need to change all our methods, like, research methods in the beginning of major project we need to change the strategy to how to interview with people in a virtual way like for me it was a tragedy like I lost my contacts when lockdown began and I have because I have already went through all the you know ethical things I even submit my report to ethical committee or something so it was another long story but I was really panicking about oh my god if I can really finish my report like the research stage was a mess and I, I don't think the insights I collected from that stage that I can really convince even myself so it was quite upset and also I back into the beginning of the pandemic when we need to have the teamwork online everything's online and I think it was quite challenging because the time we spent on communication became like much longer and everything was uncertain and weird so 
we couldn't really stay focused for longer anymore. And there were just too many things going on. So it's really challenging in the beginning, especially for teamwork. I found um, Zoom fatigue a real, real problem. And I know we all definitely did during uh, the module, which we all did together. But I found that like three hours on uh, over Zoom or on, on Miro or Mural alongside that. But I found it so draining compared to like a 10 to 5 in the design school. And perhaps it was just because I, like, I was reading an article about it and I think the National Discovery uh, released it. I'll, I'll try and find it somewhere. Uh, but they were basically saying you end up spending so much time like detecting people's emotions or looking in the background of what's in their video and... Um, that's, I think that's why they started to introduce these like different backgrounds and things because it did help people focus a bit less on that and focus more on the person. But oh. then kind of following on from what you said, it, I can imagine it would be really difficult if you're just listening to someone's audio and you can't physically pick up on their kind of emotional cues because language is only like 33% of what someone actually says, right? The rest of it's like body language and yeah, it's, it's, it's really key. So um, I do find it quite tough even now because I have to work on Microsoft Teams all day. So yeah, yeah, it's good though. The, the pandemic and the masters and stuff really prepared me for how we have to work at this current moment. And I think for UX, I think it's also yeah. even in in the, if you're, for example, Tanya, next year going to be in the office, I think it's going to things you still need to do, like meetings with developers, which is not in the office or clients. I think it's just something which definitely can't stay. And for us, I think it was quite common uh, to like, really talking and remote and as I say I think I said it in uh, another episode where mm. we were kind of the like ones because our jobs can't be done 100% remote and develop a lot especially the time of year so yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure that the definitely the future of here for UX is going to be remote working yeah even though it's actually not a thing in Taiwan like people still going to work in their office but I I will going to have the remote meeting from January as well. So I need to practice like how to communicate with people I never met before. Yeah. I, in terms of the um, communication aspect, I, I had a situation at work where I was trying to communicate something with an engineer and I literally think we could do a whole podcast on this because um, I think terminology can sometimes get in the way from both parties. Obviously, they've got their own terminology compared to us, but we had... A complete lack of communication because I use the term user requirements to which to us means something and to someone else it means something totally different because they've got their own field of user requirements but for our user requirements are more focused on the user experience and things like that and I had a real problem there because they weren't understanding where I was coming from and I wasn't understanding where they were coming from and that we it just got lost in translation in a way but um yeah it's it's you you'll figure it out and it'll be one of those things you'll find your feet somehow and um you're a visual person you're a creative use that as your skill use that as a way to persuade people oh design changed the world (laughs) it will i I mean looking with everything that's happening at the moment i think it will and it's like you said ux is really gonna it's really become more relevant um like especially like in the uk like restaurants and bars and stuff now because london's currently in tier two um which is where i'm going in a bit i'm going to a going to an outdoor event with six people under uh, the government guidelines so please don't report me Um, (laughs) but yeah so they've all had to like take on board the like scanning and check-in process and you now order via the app as opposed to going up 
and ordering properly in person and things like that. So um, you've got these quite old school businesses with somewhat older audiences who have never had to do this in their life. And suddenly they now have to hire someone to make that process work with how things are running at the moment. And that's why UX is so important right now. It's, um, it's trying to get the best experience for everybody. You want to make it easy for the business, but you also want to make it easy for the customers too. So true. It's, I think it's quite different for everyone in the world and everyone experience in different ways. For example, I was passing in, in from a primary school last week and I see like, uh, you know, during break, they have like a little small chairs for children to sit separately in the in the break. And I can't imagine how difficult it is to person some like 10 years old to be apart from their friends and sitting two meters apart. I think it's quite hard. So it's, it was a different challenging year for mm-hmm. everyone. But also for me, this year, I think taught me quite a lot. And they just also taught us like we don't there is no a certain way to do things. There are also an alternative and just we need to all adjust and just accept the situation and just do our best. And I think it's hopefully like the new year is gonna be things are gonna be better. I don't I don't wanna say going back to normal because I don't think it's gonna be a normal soon. It's gonna be just a new way of doing things. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just like try to accept what you uh, can change and just like try to adjust yourself in the best way to fit in like the current circumstances. I like that. Yeah. So it's time to wrap it up with this positive vibe. And thank you all for listening. We will see you next time. Bye.